So, and when you see them achieve a goal mm. and you see the looks on their faces or in the before and the after phase or whatever it may be, getting on stage for the first time, that energy and that feeling you get from being able to help give someone something that no one else could give is mind-blowing. Mm. It's a feeling that I... That's what keeps me getting up at 4 a.m. every day and going to the hours that I do. Look, my day starts at 5 a.m. and I'm still PTing in some capacity with my international clients into the night. 9.30, 10 o'clock, no problems at all. Why? Is it monetary? No. Mm. It's passion. It's because I love doing what I'm doing. And the reward that I get from seeing others be able to achieve something and through me being able to say, I've actually helped someone and I've given them value to help someone achieve a goal is just priceless. You're listening to Christy Unedited, the podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Gray. As the name suggests, we do things unedited around here. You can expect to hear open and authentic conversations with a side of real talk. Join me as I explore a wide variety of topics within the realm of mind, body, and spirit. Thanks for listening. Um, I met Rick. What year did I meet you? Uh, 2011, I think. I think maybe late 2010. Yeah, it's a while ago. Yeah. It's a long time ago. It is a long time. Because um, what we are now, like it's like nine years, really. No, long time for you, knowing someone like me. Wow, uh, long time for any person to put up with me that long. <laughs> Um, and I wanted to take the opportunity to introduce you to Rick, and then I'm going to hand over to him, and he can give you a synopsis of who he is. Um, Rick has not only been in my life for such a long time, he's been a really integral part of my life, because uh, you would have already heard, um, if you listened to podcast episode one and two, a little bit about my journey, and the biggest piece of my puzzle, which has impacted me as to where I'm at today was not only meeting Rick, but going on a very big health and well-being journey. And um, I feel really grateful to not only be able to share his experience with you today, but also to to have him still in my life from a health and well-being, yeah. health, fitness, well-being perspective, and just an all-round rad dude and friend. So yeah, that's, well, that's a little bit about me. That's a huge intro. <laughs> That was, was a little wordy, but I wanted you to know how much I appreciate you, but also, too, I know how much experience you have to bring to everyone today. So I probably should have even shared. Rick was my personal trainer yes. <laughs> and um, became so much more of that because he actually helped me um, step on stage in terms of doing my comp prep when I competed back in 2014. Mm. Well, to start with, the love goes both ways. You have uh, got a very good relationship, have done for a long, long time. So, but yeah, you're right. It was uh, it was a long time ago that we did meet, and I was I'm super super happy and proud to see your journey, um, and you've kept growing as a person. Um, so, to be involved and, and watch that uh, the process go on over the last sort of eight or nine years uh, has been sensational for myself, and I look forward to obviously our friendship going on for a lot further, many many years to come. Nice. <laughs> me too. Mm. So, yeah, like we met um, a good friend of both of ours, Greg, gave me a call, I think it was, and asked, uh, did I have room in uh, my diary or my uh, my weekly routine to take on another client and uh, sung your praises and said, uh, what a beautiful person you are, and he was right. 
And uh, that, so our friendship began and uh, our journey on uh, health and wellness certainly began at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, like at the time, I remember because I'd been, um, our mutual friend Greg that I used to work out at his gym, I'd had like a, an experience that wasn't necessarily great, not with Greg, but with somebody else. And I was really keen to find somebody to not only help me with my health and fitness goals, but also to somebody that I vibed with. And I think that's something that I do want to talk to you about today because, you know, especially when you're investing in a personal trainer or actually wanting to work out with somebody, there needs to be an element of motivation, but there's also this really big element of trust. And straight away when I met you, I was like, this guy is great. I need him to train me. And I think that's so important is that you have to really vibe and trust with somebody. I look, I totally agree. And mm. I, I've, I live most of my life in a gym and around health facilities. So, and I see it day in, day out. If you are going to look for a trainer, and especially from a trainer's point of view, you have to be able to gel with every individual that comes mm. in that door. So, and look, it's it's a scary moment for a lot of us. I know mm. myself, look, I was an overweight child and uh, I ventured into the gym as a 14 or 15 year old. I certainly didn't have the confidence that I do now. Uh, mind you, that's a bit of a facade sometimes. It's uh, what you see sometimes isn't what behind the eyes. So, uh, look, I think that was a big thing. And as I say, I do see it day in, day out, and with some of the young trainers I do uh, mentor and coach these days, and I, I look, I express that to them. Be open, uh, mm. be honest, and be authentic, because at the end of the day, if someone's coming to you, they're coming to you for a reason, and they want your help. So, uh, and look, that was the case with us too. Yeah, we did gel straight away. Uh, you're as wild and woolly as what I was. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we ventured on, and uh, look, you did sensationally well. The biggest thing is you needed to have that belief, and I think that as a trainer... We are much more than just a trainer. We're a coach. We can be a mentor. But we have to plant the seed of belief. And I think belief is what comes first in mm. all of us. You know, I always say to everyone I ever work with and what I run my life on, it starts with, I call it HDV, but also then I brought in B. Nothing ever happens in life without the belief. Yeah. So if we don't believe in ourselves, we sometimes will look for someone else to believe in us. Mm. You know, and that helps us create that belief in ourselves. You know, and then we create habits and the habits through our beliefs will then take us closer to obviously achieving a goal. Uh, and then from that, we need to have that discipline. You know, the discipline can come on our own, but then again, that's what we look for a trainer. Mm. And I think that as a trainer is what I try to create the habits, working with my clients, create the belief if they don't already have it, try and help them on their way with creating that discipline. I think discipline is a huge thing. You know, without discipline in life, we never get anywhere. You know, mm. and that's working with some of the younger um you know, my younger clients these days and to see them coming in through, you know, especially with social media. Mm. You know, it wasn't around when I came through at that age. I think, you know, if they haven't got the discipline because it's easy to sit and do nothing and expect everything to fall on their lap, you know, um, it was said to me many years ago, be on the grind. If you're not prepared to grind, you won't get ahead in life. And I always carry those values through to today. So, and which leads me to my last uh, point with the HDV is values. Mm. Where do you, where does it sit on your value list? You know, I work from one to ten. If someone comes to me and says, "I really want to lose weight," or "I really want to run a half marathon," whatever it may be, okay, all right then. What is higher on your uh, value list? Going out on a Friday night, partying with your friends, eating bad food or getting up on a Saturday morning and doing the yards and doing the miles to be able to create and achieve your goal. So I run my life on HDV, and as I said, I then bring in belief because I think without the belief, nothing else takes place. So. Oh, and I'm so glad that you highlighted belief because I have been talking about that nonstop this year, about how 
um, our self-belief and our self-worth really impacts how we decide to show up in the world. Totally. And um, I love that you highlighted that when, you know, we were working out together as well is because I didn't have the belief then mm. that I do now, but yeah. you were the one that absolutely planted the mm. seed. And what I want to do, I do actually want to unpack um, some key things and trends and myths and, you know, all of your experience. Like I want to use you to my yeah. advantage today as much as everybody else. <laughs> Absolutely, bring it on. But before we even jump into that, I thought this would be a perfect time. Like, you have this amazing story, and I'm sure I don't know everything about it either. So you can be you can be as comfortable as you like in terms of what you choose to share, Rick. But I'd love um, for you to share with everybody, like, your journey or what, yeah, how you got to here. And how, okay. <laughs> how did I get to where I am now at 45 yeah. years of age, living on the Gold Coast and owning a gym? Oh, and also, too, like, literally, um, for you babes that are listening, like, Rick is so jacked and he's sitting in front of me and he's like this big giant, but he's like the big friendliest person in the world. Yeah, so. I'm a big teddy bear. <laughs> Look, my story began, uh, so I'm 45, uh, I lived in Brisbane, I was a very active child, but I didn't really end like school or uh, I, I was more of a, uh, a jock, so to speak. So, but look, growing up, I was an overweight child and I never really fitted in, uh, I didn't believe, in, except for my fact, the fact that I had a very good sporting ability in anything I picked up, whether it was a racket or a ball or it was in jumping in the pool. I, was, I always seemed to be very, very good at anything active and outdoor lifestyle-wise. But um, with that, I also enjoyed my food um, and sort of not feeling... What could you say? How do I really put this? I feel like a bit of an outcast due to the fact I had an older brother who was very, very successful, mm. which put a lot of pressure on myself. So I really excluded myself from a lot of different uh, circles and ostracised myself. So with that, I became uh, I would binge eat mm. and I ended up putting on a lot more weight. By the time I was 14, I was extremely overweight. And I remember, remember sitting with my parents saying, look, uh, we lived on acreage at the time and uh, I used to spend all my time outside. I hated school. So uh, and I said to Dad one day, I said, look, can you build me a gym? Can you get me a gym? And he thought I was crazy. And then from that led me to buying magazines. And, of course, back then it was the Arnold era. Um, for me, it was more the Frank Zane and Sergio Olivier. If anyone is out there, they may know these guys. So I spent my life uh, almost starting to idolise. Even though I didn't know anything about gym at the time, there was a look. There was something that I was aspiring to. So did I have the belief back then that I would be where I am now and uh, possibly look the way I do now and actually have the journey that I've just come out the other side of? No. But um, basically at 14, I got my first gym set. So I spent every spare minute of my day in that gym. When I say I was overweight, I would have been at the time about five foot six and I'm talking... 100 kilos. Yeah, wow. So I remember actually at a school swimming event one day, I was always a really good swimmer. I ended up getting to national level swimming, but I had what we now classify man boobs. So I had man boobs at the age of 14, and I remember watching or waiting for everyone to get changed before I would go in. So I was sitting in the, the toilet block, you know, waiting, and everyone left the rooms, then I'd race in and quickly get changed and then race in and jump in the pool so I could see what it looked like. Oh. So, and I remember the time too that uh, no one really said too much to me. So I think that's the problem too these days, that we bottle things up, we don't let it out, even though we know it's going on behind our back. Mm. A lot of people didn't say it to my face. So it was more an insecurity. So it wasn't as if I was getting picked on at school. It was more of the insecurity that I knew how I looked. Uh, And I wasn't obviously happy with that. So... I spent the uh, the summer or the, uh, the basically between school years, between 
year nine and ten, and I swear I trained four or five hours a day. So we turn up uh, in Feb when we go back to school, and the next thing... Rick's jacked. Rick's jacked. <laughs> it's not fat man boob Rick anymore. So, um, and my life changed. The respect that I got from the way I changed my look really opened my eyes to how society is and to the way yeah. we look upon uh, people just in a, in a visual way. So I was the same person inside. So I was still mm. the same insecure little boy inside, but because of the way I looked, I received so much, I, I received attention. Mm. And that was good. Mm. But at the same time, too, that can play on your mind in another way, too, because obviously yeah. every young kid, and especially a young guy, look, I was at a private boys' school, so there was no girls involved, um, and I had no sisters, so I really didn't act, interact with women at all. But just from a boy growing up in that manly environment, it, uh, it changed my life, and I thought, this is me, I want to do this. So uh, I was playing AFL football at the time, or a junior AFL. Um, I was a state-level and national-level footballer. So by the time the age of 16, uh, I was in uh, the, the Queensland national team, and then uh, 17, I uh, played in the national team and picked in the All-Australian team, so uh, in the All-Australian squad. And that was where I was basically travelling down that pathway from probably the age of three or four. I picked up my football, first football at the age of three. That was my destiny at the time, I believed. I was good at football, mm. but did I enjoy football? Yeah, okay. No. Okay, yeah. So by the time I was 17, I had AFL clubs talking to me and I was thinking, where am I going to sign? What am I going to do? And I got injured. So I did a knee recon- had a knee reconstruction at the age of 17, which is quite young. Yeah, that's young. It, it's really young. So that changed my entire life because then I had to get into the gym, but I was working with specialist coaches. So then I was actually seeing and learning from the best, uh, basically in Queensland and some of the best in Australia to offer. So that really took my knowledge to another level and my thirst for knowledge at that age for the first time in my life, because I wasn't an academic, I hated school, but I actually enjoyed learning and I I actually found something. I found my passion, Mm. which has obviously carried me through for the last 30 years. So... Um, football, yeah, it was huge. Uh, by the age of 20, uh, sorry, 18, 19, I had uh, basically said goodbye to an AFL career. I had AFL clubs wanting to sign me at that time. Um, something happened to me in a uh, senior grand final where I kicked a lot of goals and I basically tore up a, uh, a, a, a massive contract due to the fact I was sent off reported. And a lot of people don't know this story. It was actually a funny story here because <laughs> about a month ago, a paper from Victoria rang me to do a 25-year follow-up story on me. Really? Absolutely. And my wife has, doesn't know me as a footballer. It's actually funny. I feel like I've lived two lives because uh, I've been married and I'm, I'm with a lovely woman now and uh, for the last eight years she's known me as the bodybuilder and the fitness guy. Yeah. But earlier in my life I was known as the footballer. So they've rung me to do a follow-up story because I actually played in a grand final we drew. It's the first drawn grand final ever down there. I actually started in that game in a lot of ways. I was the uh, the villain and the hero, basically, because I got, I got sent off, left the team short, but then I kicked eight goals in the last half to draw a game, wow. which has never been done. And I was an 18-year-old kid, and we're talking senior football. So with that came contracts and uh, in and then out on the same day because I flushed them down the toilet because of the fact that I was had no discipline. Yeah. That, again, is probably the, the part that started the HDV with me because then I realised how important discipline was. Yeah. Something I dreamt on from such an early age, I just threw out the window because I didn't have that discipline. So it was a hard lesson to learn. But do you think that anybody has discipline at that age? Like, I think yeah. it, maybe kids today do, but I yeah. didn't. I no, didn't even I, know what discipline was. Yeah. No, <laughs> definitely. I had no discipline. 
Actually, I don't think you and I had too much discipline yeah. eight years ago. Um, I know. It's amazing. You know, Still today, I, I question I, it. Yeah, totally. Look, I think discipline, we get better as we get older, mm. but I think our values, again, comes back to my HDV, yeah. our values change. Mm. What do we really want to do? What do we want to leave? What's our legacy in this world? Mm. So, And I really wanted to leave a legacy. So for me, the fitness industry was an easy go-to for me because I wanted to leave a legacy and help others that were going through the same things at an early age that I went through or maybe going through at any age, that I had the skills, the knowledge to be able to go and help someone to, yeah. to, to be able to come out the other side like I did. So um, I had a uh, – I, I, look, I kept continuing playing my AFL, but I wasn't at that elite level anymore. And then I uh, had an incident where I had another knee reconstruction and I ended up in hospital with a blood clot. So I had a stroke. Um, they didn't know whether I was going to come out the other side of it, so I was touch and go there for a week or so. You were being young too. I was young, yeah. I was young. We're talking 1998. So, you know, that's a few years ago. Mm. 21 years ago. So, yeah, obviously, obviously a kid. Um, so that changed my true direction. That was when I really had to set, a, you know, set myself a goal. I put on a lot of weight too over that period of time because of the depression and so forth. Mm. Um, and from that, I basically decided um, I didn't want to play football anymore. Mm. Um, I got extremely overweight. Um, I hit 130 two kilos at my heaviest, considering um, I was about 85 at mm. the time playing football. So I entered a body for life transformation. These 12-week challenges, which are you know, huge, everyone They're knows huge them now. They're huge today, yeah. So back in 2001, 2002, they were just coming out. So the guy that instigated most of these globally was a guy named Bill Phillips. Yeah. He owned EAS Supplements, a huge name in America. And so he created one of the first that I knew of anyway at the time. So I thought to myself, I was ridiculously overweight. I needed to get some control back in my life. So for me, the one thing I could control, because my life was out of control, was what I stick in my mouth and what I do with my arms and legs. Makes sense. So I set about on this 12-week challenge. People thought I was completely crazy. I ostracised myself. I had to separate myself from the people that I was uh, associating myself with because of the fact that we were drinking too much, yeah. partying too much. And, of course, with that, for me, came a, a terrible diet. Well, I was going to say, that goes back to discipline, right? And totally. I think sometimes, and I know that this happened, showed up for me a lot, is you actually have to separate yourself from that environment because you don't have enough discipline then yeah. to be able to, you know, still interact with those people but not drink or yeah. whatever it may yeah. be, right? It does make it hard. It does mm. definitely make it hard. And look, it, as the old saying goes, you know, who you hang with is who you're going to become. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and at the time, true. yeah, I needed to change that, so... Look, I entered the Body for Life. I ended up winning it. I ended up winning the Australasian Body for Life um, and I was offered a contract. So at the age of uh, 22, I left Victoria, came home back to the Gold Coast and I had some goals and I was stupid enough at the time to share them with a few of my closest friends. And a couple of the goals were I was going to be on a fitness cover. They thought I was completely mad. And I said that when I was really overweight. I said I was going to do, I was going to hit a modelling contract. And I said I was going to star in an action film. Yeah. They thought I was completely crackers. You've done you've done all of them. I've hit the cover of fitness magazines. Yeah. I modelled for Kelvin Klein. And I'm lucky enough now to actually then go and further on my career and also become a bodybuilder, something I never dreamt of. So I fulfilled more than I ever dreamt of. Um, yeah, and then 2004, I thought, well, this bodybuilding stuff, let's give it a go. So I entered my first bodybuilding competition in 2005, um, I ended up winning the Mr. Queensland title, went to a, the Australian titles a week later, won Mr. Australia. 
Um, so then the wheels just were in full motion. Mm. I was rolling forward and, and really from that, that's how I evolved in, into the fitness industry. I got a lot of exposure with that. Um, I got a lot of pictorials in different magazines and, and got a real following in the fitness industry. Back then, social media wasn't big. Mm. It, was, it was unheard of, I don't think so. Look, I was probably hit my time a little bit too early. I look back on now and see some of these, uh, some of the guys I actually trained. I've got a young guy I'm training at the moment with a million odd followers. You know, and I talked to him about million. it. So he's... Um, oh. It's he's an extraordinary guy. Yeah. Uh, he's 29 years of age. Um, I see what he does and the, the person he is and the person he's become, and he hasn't changed. Um, look, I think he's, what he does and what he has done is an amazing for an Australian guy. He mixes it with some of the biggest names in America. He's always back and forth. He's over in America at the moment. I spoke to him the other day. And um, so I look, working on, looking at the social media, look, I did. I missed my window, but... At the end of the day, it changed my life. I went on in 2006. So I went to the uh, world titles. I got third in Mr. Universe. I went back in 07 and I won Mr. World. And then titles sort of rolled on from there. So it was, wasn't for me so much the titles. It was the journey. Mm. I hated getting on stage. That was the biggest thing. I suffer anxiety. And people who know me, I really i am a bad sufferer of anxiety. I don't like crowds, which you say, okay, how did I model? How did I do runway? You've got no idea. I don't know how I did it myself sometimes. But they had a lot of towels out the back. So I did a lot of board short and top off gear. Uh, no, no gear on top sort of thing, walkouts. And wearing white underwear, sweating the way I was, probably isn't the best at the time. So, um, yeah, I would get towel, towel down at the back, get a new strip and out. I'd go into the new strip. So um, yeah, suffering anxiety was a big thing for me. So it was actually not getting on stage that I enjoyed. It was the journey. Yeah. It was what I learnt of myself and this, the person I became because there's no sport like and the discipline that you have to show when you're getting on stage. Mm. It doesn't matter what level you are. And look, would I encourage someone to get up and compete? Maybe not. Yeah, not today. Maybe not today. It's a little different today, right? It, it is a lot different today. Um, but what it can do for you as a person, the yeah. discipline it can create, um, the changing it can make, the strength of character, mm. the confidence it can build, it can certainly have its benefits. But I think there's what it can do to your body, yeah. in particular women. I work with a lot of girls who come off competing who I have to reverse diet, who have eating issues because of the fact that they've been dieting, restricting themselves on food for so long. Um, look, those, there's pros and cons to anything, but I certainly wouldn't recommend any girl to go and compete. I just don't think it's, it, it's good for you at all. So, But, um, yeah, bodybuilding has been, has been really good. It's been a huge part of my life. But as I say, for me, I hated the competing. I enjoyed the journey. I enjoyed the, uh, the prepping and getting ready and be able to push myself to find a new level. Mm. I think life is a test and I like to test myself every day. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I try and test myself because if I'm not testing myself, I'm not improving. Mm. You know, to fail, to, to improve, you fail because then you learn. Yeah. So. But you had that in you from an early age because when you were even talking about like where your journey started at age 14, like... You were the one that initiated, Dad, build me a gym, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, true. <laughs> and then you also had the discipline to work out so you could go back to a school looking like a machine as well. Yeah. So you have obviously ingrained in yourself yeah. a discipline and a motivation that keeps you going. Because I think some people are wired to have that. Yeah, totally. And other people, it takes more skills yeah. and abilities and all of that to um, get them from A to B. I don't like to fail. Yeah. I, I, look, no yeah. one likes to fail. Yeah. It burns. It keeps me up at night. If I don't do, I, I kid you not, you can ask my wife this one, if I don't <laughs> achieve something, if I don't give value 
every day of my life to either my family, my wife in particular, my clients, people around me, I feel less of a person. Mm. And it's something that I know I need to work on because I'm hard on myself in yeah. that way, but it's just the way I'm geared. Yeah. So value to me is being able to give something to someone to improve their life. Yeah. And if I'm not doing that, because that improves my life, because it makes me feel good about myself. Mm. So it's selfish in a way because I'm getting a high, but I think if I'm give, giving myself a high by giving others a high, I think, you know... It, it balances out in the end of the day. So, mm. um, but yeah, no, it's discipline is the biggest thing, and I think um, that in itself, and being able to share and help others, and be able to help them to maybe become a bit more disciplined to be a better person, I think is is a huge thing. So, uh, do you know what? I just think the value that you add is just so, like. It can, it's so transformative. It not only transformed my lives, but I know that you've transformed so many others as well. And I think especially too, like, look, I've studied fitness and like, I don't want to be a personal trainer at the end of the day. That's not my, that's not my journey in this lifetime. Um, But again, I studied that because you had planted so many seeds when we used to work out. Like I almost wanted that to solidify everything that I had learned. And it was really interesting, actually, I just going to deviate for a moment. It's like, even when I studied that, I don't know if I told you this I whizzed through it because we'd had so many conversations over so many years and you had imparted so much knowledge to me that everybody was like how do you know this or I even had somebody on Instagram last week reach out to me saying I saw that you studied at AIPT like how was it can you give me some tips and I'm like dude just study and know how to do it but it was easy because you had imparted so much knowledge to me so yeah I think that you have created so much, I suppose, value for people that work with you. And I think that's really hard to find today because I've met some really shitty personal trainers. Yeah, I'm going to throw there. that out there. No, there's a lot out there. Oh. Yeah, the, the amount that they pump out of these um, schools and colleges these days, I was told a number a couple of years ago how many a year were coming out and graduating in Australia, and it was just mind-blowing. You know, when I got into the industry, I got into it straight away when I left school at 17. I didn't touch on that earlier, but I knew that I wanted mm. to be involved in the fitness industry. So I uh, was a qualified personal trainer by the age of 18. Yeah, wow. So, but these days, you know, it's, I can't stand the, the amount of schools and colleges that one of their mottos recently was get paid to play. What the? Get paid <laughs> to play. And that one, well, I'll, it'll, it'll never leave me. I won't mention the company. Yeah, okay. But um, absolutely ridiculous because at the end of the day, if you're a bean counter, don't be a personal trainer. Yeah. Because anyone can stand there and count reps. Yeah. You're there to give value add. You're there to help someone through either passing on knowledge about nutrition, about goal setting, about mindset. You're not there just to train. And I think to be a really good personal trainer, you need to offer a lot more skills. A lot you have need to have more skills, sorry, and offer a lot more knowledge and a lot more content to that hourly session or half an hour session. Oh, 100%, because you want to create loyalty, right? Mm. Especially because you want somebody, You, if you're invested in their journey, you want them to keep coming back to seeing you because you're invested, but also too, you want the best outcome for them, but it also builds your business at the end of the time. Absolutely. Like, you know, there's a few layers yeah, to that, totally, right? Totally. And look, as, as a trainer, there's nothing better. And look, I'm not afraid to tell you, I've welled up many a time with my clients. When you invest so much time into them and they become look I like to think most of my clients become friends in some capacity we have to it has to be a relationship so and when you see them achieve a goal Mm. and you see the looks on their faces when the before and the after photos or whatever it may be getting on stage for the first time that energy and that feeling you get from being able to help give someone something that no one else could give is mind-blowing it's a feeling that I 
That's what keeps me getting up at 4 a.m. every day and going to the hours that I do. Look, my day starts at 5 a.m. and I'm still PTing in some capacity with my international clients into the night. 9.30, 10 o'clock, no problems at all. Why? Is it monetary? No. Mm. It's passion. It's because I love doing what I'm doing. And the reward that I get from seeing others be able to achieve something and through me being able to say, I've actually helped someone and I've given them value to help someone achieve a goal is just priceless. That? Yeah, it's amazing. That's a mic drop moment. Yeah. That is like, that's incredible though to be able to, I don't know, just feel that way about wanting to help other people because I feel like there needs to be so much more of that in this world, especially in the health and fitness industry. Like um, I, I've probably seen it, you know, the same maybe not the same but similar even in the coaching industry and I've spoken about this before where you know it's easy to become a coach today and I know some people that say they're a coach or they're like I'm going to be a coach because I want to coach people and they don't even have a certification and I think it like it breaks my heart because you know I genuinely am wanting to help the people that I work with and you know empower as many women as I can and then there's people out there that are just thinking oh I just want to do it because it's fucking fun you know so that's just my two cents no, look, like being coaches in vogue, it's trendy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be a coach. Oh. The amount of times I hear people tell them they're a coach, and I go, okay, you're a coach here or whatever. <laughs> Everyone wants to be a coach. Actually, just touching on something you yeah. said a moment ago, one of the huge, a huge impact on me and to see someone who could have, how do I put this, an impact, okay? Jane Fonda, I was lucky enough back in 2003, 2004 to do some speaking engagements with her. What an experience. That woman is absolutely amazing. It was Beauty and the Beast. Of course, I was the beauty. She was the beast. Um, but yeah, to be Jane honest, Fonda, Jane was she wearing Fonda. a leotard? No, I wish she was. I was actually, I, I think I was more Richard Simmons because I spent, I think I spent oh most God. of the time crying around her. Um, that woman, the energy I fed, that woman fed me yeah. on stage was unbelievable. She is incredible. And look, she was late 70s, she would have been. She was definitely wow. in her 70s. Um, I probably... Well, she have to be 70s. So I'm probably putting age on here, but yeah, she's have to be in her 80s now. But what she did to an audience and what people were taking away from being in her, uh, in, in the room with her was something that I went, wow. If yeah. I could have that much power to be able to give and for people to walk out of room and feel so good about themselves simply by taking 20, 30 seconds out of your day to spend that time mm-hmm. giving to someone else. And I went, this is me 100%. So, look, I haven't really ventured on a lot in the speaking engagement. I've done few, uh, quite a few other years, but the last sort of four or five years I've focused on other areas, but it's, look, it's something I want to get back into just to be able to uh, to get to a broader audience yeah. and be able to give um, like I've received is, yeah, something oh, I want to do. I know. And, like, you just uh, – well, I used to – for you babies listening, I used to get, like, a motivational speech yeah. every morning, almost yeah, every time right. we were talking out in some capacity, and I was probably trying to give Rick a motivational speech back. About my life in general. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. between the two of us. But, yeah. like, you'd be – I just know even when I – every time I see you, like, you just – so positive and uplifting and I think oh you totally need to do that I'm like going to be your biggest cheerleader when you do that as well so yeah, I'll look forward to doing that too yeah. I'm glad I can have you up there as a special guest ah uh, one day hey cool. we're Very making cool. moves and sorry if every, anybody's listening you yeah. might be able to hear some little footsteps in the background we have a beautiful dog here called Angel and she's a little bit unwell right now so I can hear her feet pitter pattering in the yeah. background my poor little baby she's started chemo on Monday so she's a little bit emotional Yeah, she's not feeling the best so um, um, yeah. Yeah. So. Bubba. Okay. So, 
I want to unpack a few things with you. Go for it. We're going to pack. What are we going to unpack? Nutrition. Okay. Well, training. Yeah. Look, I'd love to. I, I would love to touch on nutrition, some training, but I also know that you just research incessantly as well. So I'm sure you probably have some things that you might be dying to share. And I know that you know this is your forte. Like even though I've dabbled in those arenas, like this is what you do on a day to day basis. So. We can start anywhere you want. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Okay, let's start on a bit on nutrition. Yeah. Because um, you've are, had a big nutrition journey. Even oh, the last couple huge. of years, it's changed yeah. so much. It has, it has. Look, I went back and started studying again in uh, 2015. So I'm a uh, qualified sports nutritionist, and I studied 15 years ago for a couple of years to get all that done. And then I wanted to go back and just rehash things because things have changed so much. Um, to give you an example, like the CSIRO released their first book in 2005, I think it was, and 2006, and it was all about high carb, high carb, low fat, you know, and that's something I've been totally against, um, I'm always about high fat um, and low carbohydrates, mm. and look, then to see the CSIRO uh, release another book, I think it was last year or the year before, and they've done a full about tone. And now it's all keep your carbohydrates lower, keep your fats higher, and obviously protein, the amino blocks, building of repair and recovery. So um, that was a real spinner for me. So I look, I went back and studied for 12 months, um, redid my qualifications. Not so much redid my qualifications, but just extended. Yeah. Um, just because things had changed so much. The science and the study that goes into nutrition these days all around the world is, is phenomenal. And I've been lucky enough to spotty, study through some, uh, some amazing organisations. So... Um, yeah, so I went back and did that, and it was good. It was a good learning curve for me, and it was something that I then obviously could upskill myself to be able to pass on to my clients. So um, yeah, it was really good. So that was 2015, and uh, yeah, from that I've been able to to reach out and um, be able to touch many people, obviously around the globe. So yep. I think nutrition is one thing that. Look, okay, I'll take it back. If you walk into any gym and you see the same people training day in day out but they never change. Yeah, well, that's an issue with eating, right? It's, it's <laughs> Exactly. And look, they say abs are made in the kitchen and 80% of it is diet. I think it's even higher than that. Yeah, at the end of the day, you would walk into any gym or any uh, sporting arena and have a look at any athlete and they would all look amazing. It's nutrition. Mm. So um, so for me, yeah, look, I um, I wanted to trial things. So then I was it was tested on myself. I was basically the guinea pig. So I've tried keto. I've tried. I've tried. Um, yeah, because I want to come back to that. Yeah, <laughs> keto is the big. That's in that's in fashion at the moment. And oh. look, for a lot of reasons, look, I don't do full keto because I believe that um, some carbohydrates are good for you. Uh, agreed. Like vegetables are carbohydrates. That's totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. I, look, it, it comes back to an insulin and glucagon issue, which we were touching mm. on a little bit earlier, which. Mm. Will, We'll go over a little bit further down the track. So, but um, yeah, look, fruit and vegetables are a must. So, look, I don't believe in taking all of uh, my carbohydrates out of a diet. Although traditionally a keto diet's around thirty to fifty grams of carbohydrates you're allowed in your diet, just just basically stay in a keto style. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so and look, I wanted to learn all these new. There's paleo. You know, I can ramble off. There's that many different diets. So I'm sure some I've tried of them, some of them. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I actually tried a lot of them on myself and see how I felt, see how my weight was, uh, see how my my energy, my focus, um, and basically from that created. Not so much created, but basically pieced together what I believe is the best nutritional plan. Mm. And when I say that, I don't say that loosely. At the end of the day, is there a perfect nutritional plan? No. No, because everybody's different. Everyone's but different. But you can use a framework. A framework, exactly. Yeah. At the end of the day, a perfect nutritional plan and a perfect workout plan is something that you can adhere to. 
I would agree with you. And I can, and the reason why is like when I did comp prep with you, my diet did not change for those 12 weeks. And I knew other people around me yeah. where they were doing one thing this week and yeah. one thing the yeah, week yeah. before. I remember one of them. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like, you just were like, consistency, this is it, yeah. run with it. And I never felt like I was starving and I still got to where I needed to go. And it was like a, um, like it's like a formula. It's like a maths formula, right? It is. it is. Look, it's calories in, calories out. It's energy in, energy out. Food mm. is energy and whatever energy we expend, we can then obviously consume through food. So look, I'm a huge fan of, again, I'll be careful how I put this, if it fits yeah. your macros. So I think whole foods. Yeah. No matter what you're eating, if your macro breakdown is right, you'll get a result. Yeah. If your calorie intake, if it's surplus or deficit, you'll get a result. Yeah. I just try and steer most of my clients away from processed sugar and meats, processed yep. food in general. Um, I keep fats. I think fats are a healthy yeah. macro. We need look two essential macros out of the three. We know are fats and protein. Mm. We can survive without carbohydrates. Because Hundred. Our, yeah. Because our body can break down stored body fat. To be used as, mm. which I touched on earlier, with regarding insulin and glucagon, yeah. our body will create, um, you know, glycerol from stored body fat and adipose tissue. So when we get low blood sugar, and of course glucagon comes in, still gets uh, produced from the uh, pancreas where insulin is, but it will help lift blood sugar levels, and that's how we can break down stored body fat to be used as energy, and of course get leaner. Yeah, right. So, well, you, is there like a, a ratio? Like I don't want it to be like specific because there'd be such a wide variety of people that are listening right now. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like protein content, actually I want to ask this question for yeah. myself because it's like isn't it one gram per one pound of body fat? Like that was yeah. the old method. It, yeah. What do you think? Look, it is – again, I have my own thoughts on this. Yeah. And some people think that um, too much protein can be harsh and yeah. harm kidneys and so forth. And look, there is definitely you know science to back a lot of that up. I first of all, when I sit down and look at anyone's nutritional plan, the first thing I look at is their protein content. Yeah. Because most people don't take a lot enough protein. Mm. So once I've done protein, I look at their fat content. Yeah. Because from number one issue for me with fat is hormones. Yeah. So I try not to go too low. You know, if you look at the uh, the pie chart, they'll say twenty percent minimum fat content in your diet. And I again, I work off minimum of twenty percent. Yeah. So for me. Any male or female, female for instance, I would start most females on at least around 60 grams of fat. Yeah. And that's okay. lowish. Yeah. Believe you me, that's lowish. So Yeah, it is um, when you're trying to like meet your macros for the day. Totally, <laughs> totally. And look, with, with body weight, with myself, if it's an athlete or if it's someone who's training, uh, has got a high, you know, high amount of training or volume tr- of training during the week, I would possibly go two times their body weight of kilos. Yeah, okay. Which can be quite high. If you're a 60 kilo you know, woman, you, I'd be looking at 120 grams of protein. Yeah, yeah. And I will, I will start there. I won't necessarily stay there. Mm. I like to shift things around because, again, with myself, adaptation's huge. I periodize on my nutrition and my training. Mm. So whatever I start with won't stay. Yeah. I'll always be changing, manipulating things. As you mentioned earlier, the same food groups will always come into play. Mm. You know, whole foods are good, healthy yep. foods. I'll always use them in my diets. Um, or new, I don't really like new, diet. I prefer to say nutrition. I say, yeah. Because diet's a dirty word in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. So. But, um, yeah, so then... Normally, then, if I work out someone's calorie intake, for instance, it's 1,500, I'll do your protein, I'll do your fats, whatever's left over, I'll work on carbohydrates. So it's, then I'll work on timing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, what we yeah. eat, 
when we eat it and how much do we eat. I need to get better at that at the moment. Yeah. Like that's it's because it's, it, it's so easy to fall into that trap of mm. like you know what you need to do, but you like I was only talking about it with a friend yesterday. Like that self sabotage mm. comes in, yeah. and you do it because it's like sometimes it's easier to do that than change. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> I and mean, we all do it. And I understand too emotional eating. Yeah. Because I've been there, done yeah. it. Yeah. So and I think the best thing for my journey so far is to go through some crazy highs and lows um, on a physical and mental level. Mm. That, but I'm able to share that experience now with my clients. So whether I'm working with someone face-to-face or I love the fact that I actually have Skype clients all around the world now and I can sit there and my passion will come through the screen and they'll get it. So, um, but yeah, look, at the end of the day, I've done the, I've been on the journey and I'm still in the journey. So I'm still learning myself. I'm certainly not a know-it-all. I'm far from it, but I can share my experience. And I know what's worked with me mm. and I know what's worked with all of my clients. You know, I've worked with thousands and thousands of you know, people of all shapes, sizes, all around the world for the last 28 years in the industry. So mm. I can... Normally, I can look at a body shape, and if someone gives me their history, background, um, you know, especially from a medical point of view, um, and then basically are detailed enough to give me an exact blueprint of what they've been doing, because that's the other thing too. Mm. Human beings, we're we're the liars. We are amazing at lying. And, yeah. you know, this is being blunt but true. Some of the stories I get, okay, I had a girl the other day. <laughs> give us a good one. <laughs> I had a girl the other day, and so she tells me she's not she she doesn't eat much. And then I go, just break it down anyway. So she broke it down, but she told me she eats a protein bar and she has a roast for dinner. That's, and that's, that's what she eats for the day. That's not, you can't survive you on can't that. You can't survive on that. So, which leads me to something else, metabolic compensation. At the end of the day, if someone is eating that, so a protein bar, say, depending on what sort it is, range between, say, most, between 180 and maybe 350 calories mm. if it's a big, big cookie type thing. And a roast, you know, that's a hell of a lot of roast to try and reach your macros. So if someone is eating that, for instance, which I think is absolutely absurd, I don't know anyone could just eat that little amount um, and certainly be active and be um, functioning at their greatest. At the end of the day, try and break down their calories. So she's probably having maybe 800 calories a day. She's an 80-kilo girl. So she's in a metabolic compensation state where her body is slowing. Our, our body is an amazing, an amazing thing in the yeah. fact that it can actually slow the metabolism down to a point that we can survive without food. Well, there's been cases... Is it like a survive. week? No. Longer? Well, there's been cases where people have survived months. Like we're talking six weeks, I've read about cases. Wow. Totally water different. You know, yeah. We need water. Yeah. But depending on the size you've got and how much stored body fat you've got on you, you can survive for quite a long time without food. Mm. It's incredible. So your body has an, an, an amazing way of slowing down the metabolism to slowly burn. So we're by it's the starvation mode, basically. So what we're doing by limiting ourselves to such few calories, we're actually slowing our metabolism down. So when you look at someone, and so a client comes to me and they've been eating, for instance, that, and I ask them to keep a diary and they come back with that, that's what they eat well. So all I need to do then is assess, okay, A, they're probably lying. B, if I give them what a textbook says for a calorie breakdown, they're going to put on kilo after kilo after kilo and not like me very much and not like themselves very much either in the next mm. month. So what we need to do is compensate and slowly increase. We need to reverse diet them out of yeah. being in such a high deficit. So, uh, And look, most of the, uh, especially women, I think, they're, um, you know, their metabolism is so much more... Um, oh, it's so finicky because well, it's, it's like... Well, I don't know. Because the hormones are yeah. coming into play so much more with, with a female. So In a monthly period, it's yeah. totally... Mm-hmm. Look, I get girls all the time. For instance, I had a uh, girl today, actually, um, 
and I get this company, this is regular for me, they haven't had their cycle in six months. Yeah. And then they tell me what they're reading. And it's like, okay, she eats five grams of fat a day at most. How mm-hmm. she's working that out, she f- tracks it on my fitness pal. Uh, at the end of the day, five grams of fat a day, and you wonder why. So her hair's falling out. Wow. She's a 25-year-old, a beautiful young girl. She's losing her hair. She's not having a cycle. And she's got no energy. And she wonders why. And the weight's just falling. And wonders why. Mm. So as I explained to her today, I said, we've got to now reverse diet you out of it. So, and she's freaking out at the fact that I was telling her she has to have um, 50 grams of fat minimum a day. I want her up to 75, but I've got to slowly increase her. So I, then I said, okay, well, let's touch on 30. Well, she was in tears. She thought, there's no way in the world I'm having 30 grams of fat, I'll get fat. Now, look, this is a girl wow. that has lost a lot of weight. So yeah. she's lost 35 kilos in the last sort of 12 months. Okay. So, and with that obviously comes that mindset of, I don't want to go back down there. And of yeah. course, I understand that. But as I try to get across to her and, and many others I work with, if you're putting the right food in, you'll actually get leaner. You'll mm. have more energy. The more energy you've got, the more activity you're going to do. So you're going to be burning more. You're actually going to look better anyway. And you're going to be able to function better. Your mindset's going to be better. So your actual whole life's going to change. So... That's probably one of the hardest things actually I work with most of my, especially females. Um, women in particular, metabolisms are very temperamental. Mm. Um, most women I deal with don't eat enough food. Yeah. And when they don't eat enough food, they overeat. Oh, totally. Well, they, they don't eat, they miss meals, and yeah. then they binge. Yeah. Like that is ingrained, yeah. I think, and um, I see this show up with some of the people that I work yeah. with, and then I know that I've been in that place before as well, yeah. and then you end up eating an enormous amount of calories, yeah. like a binge could be, like I know there was some times yeah. where I would like be trying to track my binge, and it's like... What is it? It's like... Well, not these 2, days, 000, but 3, like, yeah, three thousand yeah, calories. I was going to say, like some of those normal. binges I do, like after I competed, yeah. like because I didn't, my mind and body hadn't caught up with yeah. each other, yeah. and it was interesting because I had to go through that. Though, yeah. but yes, three thousand calories mm-hmm. easy on a binge, yeah. but I might not have eaten all day, yeah. and that's like you know, like I've exceeded my daily yeah. expenditure yeah, totally. now. Yeah. And I don't think you actually realise too when you do that. People don't understand the correlation between brain number one and brain number two. Obviously, our gut being brain number two. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a there's a, a clear communication between, on the vagus nerve, which yep. runs between the brain one and brain two. Mm-hmm. So, and you look at your your um, your stomach. You know, they talk about neurons and you know basically the capacity to, to have a thought process. So, your cat has around fifty thousand neurons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cats are pretty smart. My cat's amazing. My cat was trying to get sneak out tonight when you arrived around my house. So cats are quite smart. Mind you, if I, I open my fridge and I grab the cheese bag, the cat could be anywhere two streets away and it's in my kitchen within a, you know, within a flash. So cats are quite smart. So when you look yeah. at that, our brain, our stomach, sorry, has as many neurons as a cat's brain. There's one for you. Oh, my goodness. So I our stomach, that our stomach can actually has thought processes. Which makes sense because I know that up to ninety percent of our serotonin is actually released from our gut Stomach. and not our brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the communication between the vagus nerve between our brain and our stomach, basically, how many people you see? They, oh, I get it all the time. They walk past a bakery or something like that, and they're like, "I've got to have that donut," because yeah. the eyes are seeing the donut. They're telling the gut. Oh, there's a sexy looking donut in that window and I want to get there with the pink icing. So then your brain basically gets talked and gets convinced by your stomach to go and get that donut. Wow. And that's how powerful our stomach is. And so if your gut biome, microbiome, yep. and your stomach is out of whack, you're going to have issues to start with. So 
Go back a step. Most mm-hmm. of the uh, clients I work with, with in nutrition is I reset their gut line to start with or their gut biome. Yeah. So I like to do a seven-day minimum detox basically where I can reset their gut. Yeah. It can sometimes take a lot longer, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. So um, I think that – so when we talk about the binging, when you go and binge and you take all these processed foods in, which most of the time it is processed foods when we binge, yeah. high sugar, um, sometimes high alcohol, it's the worst thing we can do because our gut lining obviously can have issues. Mm. And then what causes – uh, when our gut's out of whack, anxiety. Okay, yeah. anxiety, depression. There's, you know, I'm not going to go down the path. There's so many things with our gut. So that then throws us into we wake up the next day, we feel like rubbish because we've eaten so much rubbish. But then we've got those uh, anxiety thought processes happening mm. because of our gut being out of alignment. Mm. So I think that's the biggest thing that I don't like to um, take whole foods out of anyone's diet, but also don't like to. Um, uh, if it fits your macros, I spoke about earlier. Yep. I don't like um, people to take, like for instance, fruit. For instance, is a big thing where a lot of people take out of their diet because they have fructose sort of yeah. sugar. Um, at the end of the day, I like to keep all uh, food groups in the diet. So, if, like for instance, a girl said to me today, "I want to eat bread." If you want to eat bread and your macro breakdown is 150 carbs, I recommend you eat sourdough bread because it's fermented and it's better yeah. on your gut lining. But go and eat bread. Yeah. Because there's no perfect diet. I'm not going to make her eat rice if she doesn't want to eat rice because it bloats her. Find a macro or find a food that meets your macros that you enjoy. It's a whole food. And you'll be able to adhere to the diet. Yeah, I nice. I think that's a huge thing. So. That's massive because I think then you're eliminating the self-sabotage totally. from occurring. Because yeah. as soon as you say you can't have this yeah. or, you know, you put those limitations on yourself, you know we, 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 we rebel as we human do. beings. Yeah. We, want it. we want it more. So yeah. I think that's a huge thing. I, I don't like to take sacrifice someone's diet long term yeah. by taking food groups out. If you enjoy something and if it's in moderation, go for it. Mm. There's not too many foods I'll eliminate from someone's diet. Mm. No matter who you are. Yeah, okay. which is smart, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I want to jump to fitness, mm-hmm. but I actually just want we need to t- we might need to record another episode on anxiety and gut because yeah, I think that's right. a that's a uh, topic that I absolutely love, yeah. and I think that there's so much value to be added absolutely. in that conversation. Yeah, so totally. we park that and we'll yeah, come back to that yeah. one. I think that's like we now. could talk about that for forever, right? Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so what about like fitness and training, especially when it comes to women's health? Like, you know, what what do you recommend? You've tried everything. Mm. I know that that's also shifted a lot for you over the last couple of years as well. Mm, and yeah, like I am super interested because I don't even weight train anymore, like traditionally. Mm-hmm. Like, so Rick actually put another, a new program together for me last year, which I got back out of... Um, my email inbox this week because I'm wow. actually going to go get a scan next week mm. because I'm putting myself on a bit of a challenge. So you've been using it? Yeah, I'm go- yeah. yeah, I'm going to. Get going to or have been? Yeah. Well, I did for like a hot minute, yeah. and then I was yeah. Look, um, I had full intention to, and then I found Pilates again. And I think with my injuries as well, I just wasn't in the right headspace with my adrenal fatigue last year. Like, I'm not going to give you bullshit, like you know anyway. Um, I think my adrenal fatigue I was still healing from, and I felt like the last year I've really needed to heal, and a lot of that has come with going to yoga and Pilates. But I feel like, because I don't know if I've told you, I'm actually on at least 100 milligrams of iron every day, Mm -hmm. because my iron levels were so low 
that I they were like, you literally have to go on medication today, Christy. So that's been a massive turning point for me in the last few months, but I'm ready to get my A into G and I got my skipping rope back out and mm. I was like, okay, I need to like hustle up. But again, for me, I've got a kettlebell, I've got a skipping rope, I've got all these things, but I probably won't traditionally come back into the gym because... It's just not what motivates me anymore. But you work in a gym day in and day out, and that motivates so many people. And that's what used to motivate me as well. So I'd love you to maybe unpack fitness and what's working, you know, what what works for your clients, and especially with women as well. That was a big question. That's a huge question. (laughs) Basically what I said earlier regarding... um, there's no perfect training mm. uh, training plan or, nu- or nutrition plan. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's what you're going to go and do, what you're going to adhere to. So if yeah. you're going to turn up and do something, for you, that might be a perfect plan. To mm. me, it might be doing nothing. But at the end of the day, if you're doing something, it's better than nothing. So over the years, training for women in particular has changed incredibly. 20-odd years ago in the industry, it was so hard to get a lot of women in the gym and push weights. Mm. Um, they were doing aerobic classes and all sorts of things like they're going for runs. Now it's actually done a full turn. Now women are in the gym doing weights because I understand. Great. Look, it is. It's huge. I was pushing it for years and years and years, and now it's like it's it's mainstream. Everyone seems to be doing it. So look, benefits from it. There's that many. How long have you got? So what would I recommend for a woman to be training wise? A, what do you enjoy? Mm. And that's the first question I ask anyone. If you enjoy training outdoors, go outdoors. There's so much stuff. You said you've got a yep. kettlebell, you've got a skipping rope. If you've got a kettlebell or a skipping rope, you can have a fantastic workout outside. Mm. As long as your heart rate gets up, there's three energy systems. That's what I need to do. It's the heart rate. It's the heart rate. Yeah. So what you want to do is you get your heart rate elevated. As long as you're getting a sweat and you're getting your heart rate elevated, you're going to get a result mm. of some sort. Then you've also got to fail. Your body's got to adapt. So unless your body has to, unless your body gets pressed, that it has to make changes to adapt, it's not going to change. Mm. So that's why, look, weight training for me personally is a, the best vehicle to get a result. Oh, I, I could not agree with you more. Like, I agree. I think you can get the quickest result. Totally. Too. Because you're getting the afterburn, you're getting the epoch, you're getting the... Uh, uh, exercise, the exercise excess post-oxygen consumption, which is a very trendy thing to say, EPOC. It's basically, it's afterburn. Yeah, okay. It's afterburn. It's where your body basically has to uh, – we've also got homeostasis, so you've got a state of oxygen in the bloodstream. So when we go and train physically hard, what we will do, we'll put ourselves into a, de- or a depletion. Yeah. So what, it can take up to 24 to 48 hours to re-oxygenate our bloodstream to bring us back to that homeostasis stage. So – when you're doing something like that's why hit training's taken off. Yeah. Hit training is huge. So it's an all out burst for 30, 45 seconds, and then it's a, you know, maybe a 10 second rest, and then just do it again. So you want your heart rate to rise and fall throughout, normally it's a half an hour period, depending on how hard you go, it could be 20 minutes. Mm. So uh, look, weight training, when you, you're basically ripping and tearing down muscle, you've got to refeed that muscle that you've, you've actually torn down. So that process of basically feeding and repairing muscle takes energy. Yep. So when you're actually out of the gym, you're burning as many, if not more, calories than that hour inside the gym. So where weight training will do that, then you've got the strengthening of the bones, you've got the strengthening of the tendons, the ligaments, and, and just also that mental, that mental edge you get from pushing weights. Yeah. Women, Two things women love to do. They love to hit things. And they love to push big weights. Uh, I could not agree with you more. You'd love it. Yeah. You know, there's some days I'll get some of my, some of the girls will come in and I have one look at them and I say, do you want to box today? And they'll go, bring it on. 
And yeah. you can just see sometimes they want to get that out of them yeah. out of their system. So we'll punch the, the mitts or whatever it is for 15 minutes. I'll take everything out of them, but then I'll go and make them push heavy weights. Yeah. And then when they leave, they feel amazing. Yeah. So. You can't emulate that feeling of walking out of the gym mm. when you've had an amazing session. Mm. Like I've never been able to find that in any other exercise. Mm. Like even though I don't do that now, I miss that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I'm not in a position right now. Like, look, the only way I would get back in the gym, Rick, to be honest, is if I was came back and trained with you. Oh, I can like, always make time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm being really serious. Like, that is the only thing that would motivate me to get yeah. back in there yeah. because I probably wouldn't have enough drive to mentally want to get in there on my own um, because I love and enjoy other things now, yeah. right? But mm. that feeling that yeah. you get from pushing big weights and especially if you've got the right coach with you as yeah, well like totally. that is invaluable yeah and we talk about endorphin release and you know the other yep. chemical releases that we get from training there's nothing like it mind you I, I went for my run here's one for you i went mm. for my, a run the other day for the first time and it must be 10 years and wow. i felt amazing because i yeah. had so many knee reconstructions and um i've got injuries in my legs and ankles and, and knees and so forth i haven't done it for so long and i'm uh I get motivated. I watch a lot of CrossFit these days. You know, yeah. I watch some of the, oh, the some men. of the documentaries on Netflix are great. Yeah. You know, Tia, you know, the, the our girl from Queensland who has won the world uh, CrossFit Games a yeah. couple of times. You know, I probably watch more of her than any Rich Rich Froning uh, videos and stuff like that. Mm. She's an amazing athlete to to do what she does and then compete for Australia in the uh, the Olympic Games is just incredible. So, so for me, I thought I'm going to take my test myself and go for a run. I didn't run very far, but I ran for about 20 minutes. Mind you, there's a lot of walking involved, but the feeling <laughs> I had when I came home and had a shower was extraordinary. I haven't yeah. felt that in a long time. So, uh, and my legs pulled up okay, my lower back pulled up. Yeah. So I'm actually going to start running. So, you know, I've found something myself in the last week that I'd forgotten about in 10 years and now it's like it's opened my eyes and I'm wow I'm actually going to enjoy the running again so I think whatever it is goes back to my first point find something you enjoy find something that challenges you that you want to be challenged in so weight training uh, hit cardio for the girls is really good for men and women it's, it's really really good I think if you do want to, uh, to get the best fat loss results I personally think weight training and hit is a way to go yeah we spoke about cardio earlier and uh, look list low or low intensity steady state cardio basically is for me is just good to get out and clear your head yeah okay it's 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 my uh, it's my time it's, it's your like time. form of meditation it's my meditation it's for me to get mm. out and think about the day it's been or the day I'm going to have so um, look low intensity steady state if you're really trying to burn body fat don't waste your time mm. because you're not result driven by doing it mm. because you're not going to get the result you're better off going in doing 20 minutes high hit cardio get your heart rate elevated up and down for 20 minutes get out of the gym or get out or go for a walk run out the yeah. street you'll get a far greater result so look I and you see it every day you, and living on the Gold Coast here you'll drive down or any street and in the morning beautiful weather we've oh, got you'll see so nice women out walking men and women out walking and some of them actually, especially if I drive near the gym, I know who these people are. And some of them have actually come to me as clients when they're for nutrition plans, wherever it may mm. be. And I know the result they're trying to achieve. They're not going to achieve it by doing what they're doing. No. But then they come and tell me what they're doing. So at the end of the day, I'm not playing it down as it's something I think it's very good therapeutic-wise. Yeah. I think it's good for your brain. But is it going to take you closer to a fat loss goal? No. No. Is it better than doing nothing? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's sort of a... Is a win-win to a certain extent because you are doing something, but it's certainly not going to take you to a, a, 
a crazy fat loss mm. goal. So, well, I suppose it depends. At the end of the day, what your objective is, mm. and like if your objective is to lose weight and be your best possible self, that ain't going to get you there. It's right? It's not going to get you there. But at the end of the day, too, we, we talk about nutrition. We go back to it's calories in, calories out. Yeah. By sitting on your couch, you're going nowhere. Mm. At least if you get out and walk yeah. and do something, you're going to burn some calories. So yes, it's going to take you closer to a, or it's going to give you some type of result. Mm. But as I mentioned earlier too, adaptation is a big thing. Unless your body is put under an enormous pressure that it has to adapt and change to become better, it won't. Mm. You know, it, our body is very stubborn, so mm. you need to press it. Yeah. You need to press it. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of like supplementation, I know that's a really big conversation, mm. but if there was one supplement that you just could not live without for women and... Well, women and men might be different, actually. Yeah. What would it be? Or do you... Like, what's your... N- number one's amino acids. Yeah. Amino I'm acids. I'm so glad makes, you said that. Amino acids for me is everything. At the end yeah. of the day, protein breaks down to amino acids. So yeah. it needs to be your essential nine. Yeah. Again, we could talk for hours about it. Oh, um, so, yeah. uh, I love that you said amino acids because I have preached those. Yeah, yeah, I've got my amino acids. You're I'm drinking, drinking them now as well. No, amino acids are a must. So at the end of the day, you need to – look, we need – it's a whole food source. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who's wanting to lose weight um, and so their goal is weight loss, they want to feel full because satiety is a big problem. I get them to drink amino acids, essential amino acids, not branch chain amino acids because yep. it's only three. You need the essential nine. Yep. See, so the essential nine is classified as a food source. Mm. But the good thing is you're not getting that calories. Yeah. So yeah, most of my nothing. clients are drinking essential amino acids all day long, or let's say all day, at least three serves throughout the day. And depending on what quality product you've got, it's, it's basically a, a good serve of amino acids is the same as having a, a serve of 13 grams of protein, mm. but without those calories. Yeah. So when I'm heavily dieting for shows, I live on amino acids, essential aminos all day long. Mm. You know, I'd probably drink three, four liters of water, and most of that water would have aminos, yeah. essential aminos. As I said, not branched chain amino acids, yeah. essential amino acids, totally um, different. What I might do is, do you know which brands are you loving at the moment? Or if you don't know off the top of your head, I can put it in the show notes. Yeah, no, I, I use Switch Aminos. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Switch Aminos is a fantastic product. Okay. So um, I've got to be very careful too because uh, sweeteners, um, anything, yeah. I can't have it. I can't, look, lactose for me is a no-go yep. because it bloats me. I feel horrible. I get headaches and then I'm normally sick. And same with fake sugars. Yeah, xylitol is probably and... Um, but these oil is one of the only products mm. I can actually have. Yeah, I don't. I, um, they, oh, yeah, they're it's awful. It's alcoholic sugar, but um, it's yeah. Most of those products I can't have. So, switch aminos is one of those products which I've been um, been using for the last few years. I get no bloating out of it. Um, the taste's fantastic. The flavors they've got. So, I number one product for me is amino acids. Yeah, nice. I'd go number two. Okay, you could you could put a second one in there. Glutamine. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Mm. Okay, it's been a while since I've had glutamine. Glutamine. Okay, why would you say that? Immune system's one thing. Yeah. Gut biome's another. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that you makes sense. You cannot. You cannot have a high. You, your immune system is. You Everything. Can, yeah. If you're not running at optimum levels of your immune system, you're, you're looking for trouble. Yeah. Um, and your, if your gut's not running to its optimum as well, mm. you're looking for trouble. Mm. So I think glutamine for me is the product with aminos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they're really, they're par on par, to be honest. The only reason for me aminos probably takes first place is the fact that I sometimes I have really, really busy days and I probably don't get the amount of calories and I should, um, especially the amount of protein. So I'll take in aminos. So the last thing I want to do is is start eating away my muscles. So. Mm, yeah, that makes total sense. Mm. Okay, I like that. And do you and have a recommendation? Fish oil too. Uh, yeah, I was actually fish waiting oil. for you to say fish oil because yeah. I know that you've always, um, you know, you've always said about getting 
various healthy omegas in. Yeah. So omega threes, you know, if you want to drop body fat, take in omega three fats. I think I'm going to go to the um, health food shop after this omega, conversation. Um, omega threes. <laughs> I could talk about omega threes for a long, long time, but yeah. just as soon as I stop my omega threes. I get inflammation in my joints. Yeah. My joints are horrendous. So I creak in the elbows, creak in the knees. Um, also good for thinning the blood. Mm. So, um, But again, I won't go into too much technical stuff, but yeah, yeah. omega-3 is for sure, so I yeah. must. Okay. So a question for you, Rick, is in terms of like if there's somebody listening and they are they not where they want to be from a health and fitness perspective, they might even be too scared to get in the gym as well. Where should they begin? Like, what should they start working on? And like, I know that's such a vast, big question, but I suppose if somebody doesn't have the confidence to take that next step, like, is there anything that you could recommend that they could do or where should they begin? Because it's massive. Oh, it is. It's huge. And all of us deep down are scared in one way or another. Oh, 100%. You know, and Hand in, on heart. And insecure. <laughs> Hand on heart. I still am in some areas of my life. We all have insecurities <laughs> in many shapes and forms. Yeah. Me inclusive, going to a gym sometimes, if I'm not in my habitat, so to speak, if I'm out yeah. of my zone, I'm in another state or another country, I can be a little bit apprehensive as well. <laughs> so I think people need to realise that Everyone, to a large extent, if they're in a gym, normally they've got some insecurity. Can I just point out, like, what title do you hold right now? Uh, I, won, I won the Australian Pro-Am last year and won my Pro card. So. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I love that, though. I love that yeah. your, your vulnerability then, yeah. like, to say that you still feel like oh, that totally. too. Like, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I don't train in singlets. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't actually. train singlets at all. I think I've trained in singlets one, uh, yeah, the odd time for photo shoots or people are doing things on me, but at the end of the day, I train in shirts. Why? I'm insecure. Yeah. Totally insecure. We all are dealing with something. We're all dealing with something. So I think you need to remember that anyone who hasn't been in the gym for a long time or they're entering for the first time in their life, be confident, go in there knowing you've got the belief that you're going to achieve a goal. Mm. At the end of the day, as we touched on really, you know, a lot earlier, it's belief before anything else happens. If you don't believe in something that's going to happen, it's never going to happen. So if you've got the belief, be confident knowing that everyone else in that room is in the same boat as you in one shape in one shape or form or another, okay? Yeah. So just be confident. At the end of the day, look, if you you may want to start outside as long as you're doing something. Yeah. I think once you start feeling the, the – you get that endorphin release, you get that chemical hit that we were talking about earlier as mm. well, you will want to adventure to the gym. Mm. You know, um, I look, I have the pleasure of helping many people start off in the gym and to see them change. And um, Actually, I seen a guy the other day. Can I touch on the quick story? Yeah, please. So, so there's a guy in the gym the other day, and he's, he's a new member. I don't know names. I've said a couple of thousand members in the gym, but I know faces. So this guy's been coming in over the last couple of weeks – and he's doing things that I've never seen before. So, and what people, <laughs> like in a good and I'm way. talking <laughs> some pretty some crazy stuff. Okay, um, not, not to the point where he's going to hurt himself because I would have okay. stepped in by now. Yeah. But things that I'm going, what on earth? And look, I say I don't profess to know it all, but I'm thinking that's that's a lot wrong and not a lot right with what he's doing. So, yesterday I was I was sitting there and he was actually beside me over near the power racks and I he was doing one of these. Crazy moves? Weird, crazy moves again. <laughs> so, I, look, I said to him, I had, had headphones on. And, look, I can be a little bit imposing. I'm, I'm not the smallest guy. And for anyone who doesn't know, I'm covered in a lot of tattoos. So, and I thought... And you're a Gemini, so you like a chat. And I am a Gemini, <laughs> don't I? I love a chat. So, I thought, I'm going to go over and just ask this guy. And he's probably in his late 50s. 
Anyway, the look on his face when I went over and oh. went over to chat with him startled him. He wasn't, he didn't know what was going on. So I could see straight away he wasn't very confident. And I asked him what he was doing and why he was there and he, I couldn't understand him. I couldn't hear him because mm. he was mumbling. Clearly he was very insecure. So anyway, in the end I got out of it. I got his name, I'm not going to say, but... Um, and he said, look, I've just come back from having hernia surgery. Wow. And um, with that, I said, well, for me, the first thing I do when I talk to anyone in the gym, especially someone who's insecure or any of my new clients, you find common ground. Mm. So for me, that was an easy, that was an in, because I'm just coming back from hernia surgery myself. So, and I said, oh, okay, so what did you have done? And he's, he's going, he's telling me how he's had it and what actually he had done and so forth. And I said, well, and he would, by this stage still was very apprehensive. He didn't want to talk to me about too much. And I, with that, I, I big smile. I said, well, I'm coming back from the same thing. So with that, showed him my scar. And, uh, you know, I've been cut to pieces straight up the front. So with that, he relaxed. Mm. And suddenly down come the walls. With that, we chatted for about 15 minutes. I got out of the fact that he's just come out of being in hospital for six months because he's tried to oh. finish himself. Oh. And... It got caught up. I'm, I'm, I'm an emotional guy, as you know me. So, yeah. um, and I'm trying to, to keep it together as I'm talking to this guy because I could feel this the, the emotion that was coming across from this gentleman. And anyway, by the end of this conversation, he'd gone from not wanting to talk to me to giving me a hug, oh. to walking out of the gym. And then, as he left the gym, he came back to to shake my hand and say, "Thank you so much because I tried to do it again last week." He said, "You've just inspired me." to actually know that there is a bigger and better thing for me to go to. I now want to go. I'm going to be in here tomorrow. He said, thanks for your tips. Can I book a session next week? I said, I'll see you for a session next week. You've, like, literally just changed that man's life. I have tears in my eyes. Like Something so oh. small. When I was looking at this gentleman and I could have responded or reacted any which way, yeah. over the years I've learnt, and I think we're all still learning, that we're all in our own little bubble. There's always something going on behind the eyes. And... It was, it was timing, it was everything. I just happened to be on my own and I had half an hour to myself and I went and asked this guy the question. With that, I gave this guy value. Mm. I gave him some belief that he can actually do something um, and I'm there to help him. Mm. I was an ear, but I'll also be a hand to help him next week. Yeah. And that in itself is one of the reasons why I do what I do. And it was just, it was, it was everything. It was just, it was one of those moments that you just... You don't dream of, you don't, I don't go to work thinking that's going to happen. And as I say, it was meant to happen. I think... It, Things in life happen to all of us at different stages. It's whether we can see it at the time and know why it's happened. Some of the worst things that have happened to me have been some of the most inspiring moments of my life. They've changed me the most, but it's not until later on I realise it. Yeah. Because we're always looking for the good all the time. But uh. something, the worst thing can bring the best out in us and change our life in the most positive way. And I'll call him Jay, did that to me the other day. Yeah. It was incredible. So uh, in the end, I helped him. I showed him a few different things as well, corrected his posture, explained why I was doing what I did, and he's got some uh, he's got some value from it. He's walked out there a happy man. So that was quite incredible. I love that, mm. that you – and what an incredible story to share as well because that really paints a picture of hope, and now yeah, he has totally. some hope. Absolutely. And – like this could be a, a, the brand new journey for him at totally. the end of the day just yeah. from you taking yeah. some time out of your day. I think that's what we need to... We all live busy lives, but we don't realise sometimes what five minutes of our time can do to someone else's life. 
And believe you me, the feeling I got by talking to Jay mm. was far greater feeling than what he probably took out the door. 100%, yeah. Because that was amazing. Yeah. My client, who I actually had to race off and train straight after that moment, said, what, what was going on because yeah. of the look on my face? And I told her and she actually she had tears in her eyes. Oh. It was just incredible because she could feel what was happening with yeah. me. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's pretty amazing to have that impact. What a beautiful story mm, to finish on. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything you want to share before I we... I suppose, can highlight where people can find you. There's so much more I can talk about. I know. I could talk. Okay. I could literally talk to you, Rick, about health, fitness, wellness, nutrition, like all of it for like days because you're just such a wealth of knowledge. But I think we've covered off some really good ground today. I think for um, anybody that wants to learn more about health, fitness, or they might already be on a journey and they might need a refresher. Like this has even been a great refresher for me. Just some things like I've gone, "Mm, I haven't been doing that lately. Or yeah, I probably should integrate that as well. So... I think the takeaway for me is do something is better than nothing. Of course, yeah. we all talk about that. But remember that everyone in their own little way is insecure and be confident in yourself that if you have a value to achieving a goal, as I come back to the HDV, create, have the belief, create the habits, the discipline will take you there and then create those habits and put them on a value system where they are high on your value list and go and achieve them. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, everyone can achieve almost when I say almost, because let's face it, I'd like to be Usain Bolt in a 100-metre race, but I'm not going to do it. Mm. But there's almost anything we put our mind to, if you are focused and you really want it and you're prepared to work for it, you can get there and you can achieve it. So, 100%. So, um, yeah, anyone I work with, that's the biggest message if I can pass on to everyone is just give it a go because if you put more effort into it... Actually, there's a point that I want to touch on earlier. Short-term, they say short-term pain, long-term gain. Mm. You've actually got to forget about who you are today and... You know, dream about who you want to be tomorrow. Mm. And if you actually do that, you you will forget about the insecurity of going to the gym. You'll forget about the pain and the soreness. You'll forget about the chocolate bar you had to go without because the glory, the feeling, the, the greatness, there's so many different words I can say, but it's basically the achievement you'll get from going through those hard times, which at the end of the day, you'll look back on and go, is that all it was? But at the time, anything can be hard for all of us when it's new. What you'll achieve at the end of that is far greater than the hard times you'll go to get there. Mm. And I think that's a big thing. Everyone wants it yesterday, when at the end of the day it takes hard work. It'll come, but it's going to be tomorrow. It's not going to happen today. Yeah, absolutely. And we live in a world of instant gratification. So totally, totally. That's the <laughs> Nobody, hardest thing. Like we can order, you know, food and what it, like, mm. you know, we can, if we want something, we go get it now, right? Whereas totally. we sometimes, for the greatest things in life, they're worth waiting for. That's my perspective anyway. One thing I will say with belief too, Roger Bannister, a lot of people probably don't, the Roger Bannister story. Who, who's okay. Roger? Roger Bannister. Here's, here's, I'm pulling this one out. Okay. okay. I was like, who's Roger, Roger Bannister? Roger Bannister. Okay. Roger Bannister. Everyone, no one believed that anyone could break the four-minute mile. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy that broke the four-minute mile. Yeah. Now, everyone said you can't do it. Your heart will explode. You know, your legs can't take you that fast, that far. Everyone made every excuse under the sun. No one could achieve it. He's the only one, basically, of his time that said, I can do this. So he had a goal, that was his dream, and he had the belief he could achieve it. So then he went and trained his backside off for God knows how long. He broke the four-minute mile. And then didn't a whole lot of people after that? Six weeks later, the next guy broke it. Mindset. Within a week, another guy. Within six to 12 months, I think it was was over tens, I think it was hundreds 
of wow. guys, but it took one guy to have the belief to achieve something, then everyone said, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And that's where it comes back to that belief. Uh, so psychological changes happen. Yeah. And it's been proven too, there's enough study done on it, that physiological changes happen straight after. Mm. If you think it, you can do it, you can believe it, you can achieve it. I'm so glad you said that because you know what? Like with all of the uh, women that I work with, I say, you know, on my website it says I'll help you with life purpose and direction, self-love, self-care, you know, all of these key things because that's what people resonate with. But at the end of the day, what we're doing is we reprogram mindset. Absolutely. And we're up-leveling self-belief and self-worth, which because we're taking somebody from, well, I'm taking somebody from uncertainty. Mm -hmm. That's my client's number one problem. And taking them to an area of certainty, which creates confidence, yeah. which is a belief in yourself. 100%, so 100%. you've just um, hit the nail on the yeah. head there, my friend. No, I had to. I had to leave with the Roger story. Yeah, I like that. Roger is one of the, the most amazing stories, and you know it, it's true to so many of us. You know, at the end of the day, no one had the belief until he had the belief and went and achieved it. Mm. And then next thing you know, everyone's doing it. Yeah. So you, you go and be the Roger Bannister. Yeah. Yeah. Go and have your belief and do something that people around you make things unachievable for you and even for themselves. Yeah. And go and be the Roger Bannister and have the belief and then go and achieve it. Yeah. And you know, then you'll probably be able to motivate those around you as well to go and do the same thing. Oh, you're yeah. just like a source of motivation <laughs> for me today. I'm no, feeling no, good no. on this Friday. No. So where can people find you? Like Because you mentioned before that you work with clients all over the world mm-hmm. and I think like you've got some amazing resources as well. So if you could give us the lowdown, Rick, that yeah, would sure. be amazing. Basically, rickbrennan.com.au is my website. Yep. Uh, I do uh, quite a lot of programming through that. I've got Skype clients all around the globe at the moment so I'm just finishing writing my second book which is all wow. ex- really exciting yeah so um, I haven't really thought of a name of it yet my first one was the health and fitness bible by myself so I basically have taken that to a whole new level so yeah. that's been a project I've been working on for the last 12 months and I'm so super excited so that's why I'm heavily dieting at the moment too um, for me mind you you might say I'm not dieting at all basically <laughs> I've probably backed my chicken breast back a little bit that's yeah. not all I've changed but um, so I'm hoping to have that finished within the next uh, month or two yep. um, and that'll be um, to the editor and get uh, that'll be done and printed and ready for Christmas so That'll be on my website as well. Great. Um, and that's going to be a real um, an eye-opener. It's going to, what I've tried to do is take out a lot of the grey area yep. and just give purely black and white the points that I get asked on a daily basis from my clients, whether, whether it be local or international, what they want to know. So it's the key characteristics that I can, and the key answers, I suppose, from training that I can give you and through my experience, which is going to short track your progress. That's amazing. So so that's a big thing. So that's, uh, that'll be on my website within the next, hopefully two months, as I say. And then look, I'm uh, taking on a few, I'm taking on limited numbers where of basically nutrition and training clients where uh, they do a one-on-one every week with me. I make them accountable. I give them their weekly jobs, um, Mm. their their training and um, their weekly uh, nutrition plans and so forth. So, but everything's on Rick Brennan. And I'll leave that in the show notes as well. So then it makes it an easy link for everybody that's listening. And um, this episode will probably be out early November. So your book might be be close. close. Yeah. 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 So it'll be around there. Yeah, I'm trying to get it finished because I'm uh, I'm back and forth to China. So I've been doing some seminars over in China, which is quite interesting because I speak not one word. Ni hao. I can say the only Chinese. It's hello. It's the only thing I know, and uh, and I'll probably pronounce that wrong as well. Um, So yeah, I was trying to get that finished because I'm 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 due to go back over there, so to uh, to run a few more seminars. So I wanted to release that uh, in uh, Mandarin as well, so before the year's out. Amazing. So yeah, so I'm I'm pushing down. Yeah, hopefully by the end of November it'll be ready to go. So. 
Awesome. Well, just I want to say thank you so much for your time today. You have just been not only a wealth of knowledge for me, but I'm sure everybody else that's listening as well. And I'm going to even go back and listen to this episode because there's so many like key takeouts from it that I think anybody could integrate into their life right now. Yeah, hopefully. And look, that's what I like to do. I like to give you little snippets of information, which also spikes you, spikes mm. your curiosity to maybe even go and read a little bit more. Because at the end of the day, we never stop learning and things are always changing. So, look, I've loved to be here and um, hopefully we can do this uh, all again real soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review and subscribe where you love to listen. Or you can connect with me via social at Bound for Beauty. And that's beauty with an E. I'll see you next time.